Last night in a 60 Minutes interview, Joe Biden said that the pandemic is over. We still have some problems related to COVID, but the pandemic is over. So what do you think, guys? It's less than 50 days from the midterm elections. Any coincidence there? Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington. We are working hard in this deep blue state to advance the conservative movement by electing conservative candidates and educating and empowering citizens as to how they can step up and speak up and make real action that will create change in this radical left state. It is certainly a challenge, but we are up for it. We are here for it, and we will not give up. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we're doing, you can visit our website, Conservative Ladies of Wa.com. That's Conservative Ladies of WA.com. And if you are not in the state of Washington, I've got great news. We will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America, later this fall. So stay tuned. I am excited to bring you more information on that in the very near future. Also big news is I have got my juliebarrett.us website live. Now, it's nothing fancy. I made it myself with a Wix website template, but it is up and it's active. So all of the podcasts will be there. I will have a blog there. I've brought some of my posts in that are more personal in nature, and you'll be able to get all kinds of updates. I plan to have lots of good content there in the near future. And if you are looking for a speaker who is sassy and conservative and Christian, I would love to be considered for an event that you're holding. You can find out how to book me on the website. So without further ado, let's dig into today's topic, which is the train wreck interview of Joe Biden on 60 Minutes last night. Now, before I continue forward, I want to let you guys know that the smoke here in Washington state is really bad from the wildfires that we are having around the state. And I have asthma. And I'm noticing as I'm talking right now, my it's very hard for me to breathe like I normally do. So if you notice that I am maybe struggling a little bit for breath, that is why I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up before we launch into this conversation that I may be sighing and a little breathier than usual. It is, it's really bad this year. Um, last year, I think we kind of had the year off, but uh, today especially, we have a fire that's not too far from us in the Cascade foothills. It's called the Bolt Creek Fire. And I was riding my Peloton this morning and my bike is right next to a window. And I went to open the window and put my fan in the window so that I could cool off because that's typically how I ride. And as soon as I opened the window and turned the fan on, I just got this huge blast of smoke and it is super bad. So even in the house with all of our windows closed, I'm noticing it's affecting me a lot. And it certainly affects my workouts too. Um, you know, having asthma, I mean, even if you don't have asthma and you're inhaling the smoke, it tends to affect your breathing. But for someone with asthma, it makes it even more difficult. So it's an interesting time for sure. Anyway, enough about that. 
So Biden says in this 60 Minutes interview, which I thought the whole thing was a train wreck, I'll put the YouTube link in the show notes so that you can go watch it if you want to. But I will share a few of what I feel are the standout clips uh, here in the podcast today. Um, First of all, let's get to the fact that the pandemic is indeed over. So he says, is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. So what he's talking about there at the Detroit Auto Show, which it's the first time in three years that they've actually held the Detroit Auto Show. And so that's the event that he's referring to and nobody's wearing masks. I think it'll be interesting now that the president has declared that the pandemic is over. Will we see governors like Washington's Jay Inslee, who has had uh, emergency powers for over 900 days now? Will we see him relinquish those emergency powers? And I think you've got New York and maybe Oregon are also states where the governor has emergency powers. I personally don't think we will see, at least here in Washington, I don't think Jay Inslee is going to give up his emergency powers. He did make an announcement last week that he would give up his emergency powers on October 31st. Again, I personally don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that we will actually see him relinquish his emergency powers. I think he is enjoying the power too much, and I don't think we're going to see a reversal of that. But who knows? We'll see. Ballots drop here in Washington. We're a vote-by-mail state, so the ballots drop uh, a few weeks before the election itself. So there's a chance that by October 31st, they could have a good idea of how the results for the election are trending, and that may have an impact on what he does with his emergency powers. But we will see. The other issue that this raises is, with the pandemic being over, do we drop all of these injection mandates? And all of these employees who lost their job because they didn't get the injection, are they now going to get their jobs back? Again, I don't think we're going to see that. I don't think we're going to see it in any of these deep blue states. I don't think anybody has plans to backpedal on what they've done. But again, We're at a critical election here and we could see some game playing and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But again, I do not think that we're going to see any change by this announcement uh, in this interview that will impact states like Washington, New York, um, California is another one. Biden was also questioned by 60 Minutes interviewer Scott Pelley about the inflation And he kind of talked about how it wasn't really that big of a deal. Inflation's really just inching up. I mean, in July, it was 8.2%. And in August, it was only 8.3%. So it's really not that big a deal. It's just kind of inching up a little bit. Well, it is the highest it's been in 40 years. And Pelly did note that, but he didn't really push very hard on it. And Biden, you know, over and over again in this interview, Biden said that we are growing the economy when what we have seen over the last several months, especially these last three months, is that the economy is shrinking. Inflation is rising. We are in a recession. I was reading an article this morning from Como News. The Fed is expected at its latest meeting to raise its key short-term rate by a substantial three-quarters of a point 
for the third consecutive time. Another hike that large would lift its benchmark rate, which affects many consumer and business loans to a range of 3% to 3.25%, the highest level in 14 years. Has not been this high since 2008. And if you remember the big crash of 2008, it was bad. A lot of people lost their homes. A lot of people lost jobs. It was not a good time in America. The article goes on to say, in a further sign of the Fed's deepening concern about inflation, it will also likely signal that it plans to raise rates much higher by year's end than it had forecasted just three months ago and to keep them higher for a longer period. Economists expect Fed officials to forecast that their key rate could go as high as 4% by the end of this year. They're also likely to signal additional increases in 2023, perhaps to as high as roughly 4.5%. Again, you guys, these are the highest rates since 2008. And I read something somewhere. I don't have the article or the data in front of me, but I read recently that mortgage applications are at the at a 20-year low. So we are not seeing people... Um, purchasing homes. And here in Washington state, the you are seeing homes sitting on the market longer, that bubble of when people were getting ridiculously high prices for their homes seems to be starting to come down. But again, the cost of living um, and the cost of homes here in Western Washington is absolutely ridiculous. And I believe that we are seeing this all over the country. But you know, again, I'm not a real estate market expert, but that is, I believe, the trend that we are seeing nationwide. So everybody is hurting because of this. I mean, you go to the grocery store and everything is more expensive. My favorite brand of chips, I love the yellow Lay's potato chips. Well, if the bag is not on sale, it's over $5 a bag for the small bag. It's not even the party size. And I'm not willing to pay $5 for a bag of chips. So I I mean, it's probably good for me because I needed to cut back on my potato chip consumption anyway. But even the cereals are, you know, super high. A box of Cheerios the other day was like $7.50. So the American family is really feeling this inflation, this recession. We're feeling it on all levels from the gas pump to the grocery store to our housing costs and, and even rent prices are going up across the country. I was watching a YouTube video uh, recently that was talking about the rental market and that we are going to see a huge increase in evictions uh, coming up because people just can't, won't be able to afford their rent. So, um, you know, it's kind of off the cuff and that might be a different area. It was out of Washington state, so I I don't recall where it was, but I think we're going to see some changes in the rental market as well. So that'll be something to keep an eye on, but families are hurting. That is an undeniable fact. Well, the train wreck continues and Biden says that the U.S. will defend Taiwan against China. And this has been something, a situation where the U.S. has had a long standing where they would not get involved with that. So this is a controversial aspect of the interview, one of several, where the interviewer, Scott Pelley, makes a note about it. And so Biden makes this statement, and then they go back to someone in the White House, a spokesperson from the White House that contradicts what Biden has just said. So I'm going to let you take a listen to this disastrous clip. Nine has been to recognize Taiwan as part of China, 
but remained silent on whether the U.S. military would defend the democratic government there. This is among the places where our interview runs into controversy. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging their being independent. We're not, let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. Oopsie. So clearly there is a disconnect in between Biden and other White House officials. Perhaps as per usual, Biden has gone off script when he wasn't supposed to. And the White House is trying to do damage control. It's really hard to say. But throughout this interview, you have kind of moments where Biden is saying things that you realize he probably shouldn't be saying and his handlers probably wouldn't want him to be saying that. The interviewer goes on to talk to him about the Trump raid. And of course, it was this very awful thing. And Biden admits that no one has really given him any information about what was actually found. Now, haven't they said that these were like very sensitive nuclear codes, nuclear documents, things that were very concerning for our national security and the president of the United States has not been briefed on what was found, that seems strange to me. Does it not to you as well? For me, that confirms that, of course, this is just another political stunt. I mean, obviously, if there was something substantial, Biden would know about it. He pro he wouldn't be able to talk about it, of course, but he would have at least been briefed on it. So the fact that he's admitting that he hasn't been told about this raid and the documents that were seized tells us a whole lot, which isn't surprising. Now, he kind of wraps this interview up by talking about how Biden is so successful because he has five decades of experience in Washington, D.C. He was elected to the Senate in 1972. I wasn't even born yet. That was 50 years ago. That is like career politician case in point, right? Like, and that's the thing that we talk as conservatives, we talk a lot about, we don't want career politicians. We want public servants who are willing to set their private life on hold for a bit, go get involved in government, make policy, do the right things for their constituents, and then get out and go back into their private life. Well, career politicians are getting rich. I mean, look at all these people like Biden and Pelosi and all of these career politicians, and there's many on the Republican side as well, who have just been in in government and in Washington, D.C. for decades and decades. And I believe that has made them completely 
unrelatable to the American citizens, to their constituents. And of course, we know that they are all bought and paid for. This is not a public service. This is a career. So I was kind of, you know, he made this point about how he had five decades of experience and that's what's making him so successful, even though he points out that he is wildly unpopular with below 50% approval rating. His approval rating isn't just below 50%, it's substantially below 50%. I believe the last I heard was 39%. So he was really nice to him in the way that he worded that. But this is a very unpopular president, even with the people that voted for him. And I still, I always laugh when I think about the fact that they say he got the most votes of any president in United States history. That is just a gas. Anyway, I will put the link to this interview should you want to watch the train wreck for yourself in the show notes. But uh, it is interesting, the, the games we play, especially around election time, so pandemic is over, and we'll see what happens in these blue states. We'll see if people start getting their jobs back. We'll see if the mandates go away. We'll see if they stop pushing the mRNA injection on people and especially on children, but I don't, I think that's a long time in coming if it comes ever. It will sure be interesting to see how the election comes out, not just here in Washington state, but also America at large. And there's a lot of key elections around the country. The Arizona governor's race with Kerry Lake. I'm really excited to see where that goes. I watched the Trump rally in Ohio on Saturday. Always love me a good Trump rally. It always makes me feel encouraged. And he's so entertaining. And he was there with J.D. Vance. That's another race to be watching. And then, of course, you've got Dr. Oz and Fetterman in Pennsylvania. And while I'm not a Dr. Oz fan, I am very against Fetterman. And so I hope that Dr. Oz can pick up the win there. But it's definitely going to be an exciting and interesting uh, few weeks as we head into this election. I think, you know, you had Lindsey Graham who brought up the abortion ban in the Senate last week. I think that was incredibly stupid. And while I'm 100% pro-life, I think if you were trying to throw an election to the Democrats, that seems like it would be a great strategy. So a lot of weird stuff going on that doesn't really make sense to me. But you know, a lot of these people in office don't make a lot of sense to me to begin with. I don't predict a red wave, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how things go. So well, I'm going to leave it there for today. As per usual, if you've got a topic idea that you'd like me to address on an upcoming episode, I would love to hear from you. All of my contact information is in the notes. And if you would do me a favor, go check out my website, juliebarrett.us, also linked in the notes. I'd love for you to check it out, bookmark it. All the podcast episodes will be there as well. So if you don't listen to them on a favorite app, you can subscribe there as well. If you haven't done so already, please like and rate the podcast. That would be super helpful. And I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 